This here Major Spoilers podcast is brought to you by Major Spoilers VIPs from around the world. VIPs stands for very important people, and their small monthly contributions ensure that this podcast remains free for all of you. If you would like to help Major Spoilers create more content for you, please visit members.majorspoilers.com and become a VIP member today. I sure do thank you for your support. Now, here's your show. The Major Spoilers Podcast covers news, reviews, and of course spoilers, and goes into details about the topics discussed. If you haven't read, listened, or watched the items they talk about, you might want to come back later. I'm Matthew. I'm Zach. I'm Rodrigo. And I'm Steven, and you're listening to the Major Spoilers Podcast, the podcast for pop culture and comic fans. In... This issue, alias Jessica Jones, gets in way over her head, and there's no way they're ever going to put this on television. Zack explores the far reaches of the galaxy. Steven goes back in time for the team-up event of 1916. Rodrigo's back in Astro City, and Matthew learns to fight like a girl. Plus, future Legos, graphic novels for the youth of America, and we all get to pick size in a massive crossover poll of the week. You won't believe what happens next with this one weird trick, so click the sidebar box and wonder why that man is staring at you, because the Major Spoilers podcast is on the air. Welcome to issue 612 of the Major Spoilers podcast. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for sharing this with a friend, and I don't think we say it enough. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to all of our Major Spoilers VIPs. Without all 748 of them, this show would not be possible. All right. I, I just look at it this way. Pennies a day. Literally pennies a day you can support what we do ten, a day. ten ten dollars a month divided by 30 is how much uh, uh it's ten dollars uh, over 30 yes ten dollars over 30 33.3 <laughs> cents per day i don't know Matt, now sorry. now divide that by uh-huh. the 10 shows we do each week okay uh, and how many point three three cents pennies a day <laughs> pennies a day i'm hoping more of you will jump on board the major spoilers vip uh, bandwagon members.majorspoilers.com thank you again for your support um zach yes toy fair went on this weekend it did anything jump out at you um besides Furbaka? i you know the Furbaka thing is very interesting uh, I'm glad to see the Furbies are back. <laughs> um, let's see. I mean, a lot of good superhero stuff. People say the, a lot of people say. Pop have we ever seen anything as good from Marvel in the recent years that we had this year? Um, you know, I'm looking at some of the figures that that came out. Mm-hmm. I think are pretty are pretty cool. I think they're pretty typical of what we've seen before. I think mm-hmm. the sculpts may be getting a little bit better, but as yeah. far as the articulation points and all that, I think that's fine. Um, the pop vinyl figures were all over the place. Sure. People were talking about that. My three year old just loves them. <laughs> we go into the store and he's like, look, dad, Funko pop vinyl figures. Let us buy some. <laughs> and then he stands around going, boy, I sure don't have that walking dead fun- pop, the uh, Funko pop vinyl figure. Dad, their faces come off. Oh, he know, he can tell which ones are the bobbleheads. He can tell which ones are the regular ones. I don't have that one. It's like, you're not getting it either. Uh, I think the one that was, I think the ones that I were most excited about only because we've been doing the weekly um, Lego builds mm-hmm. over at our uh, YouTube channel, Major Spoilers Video. Please subscribe. You'll find out a lot of cool things over there um, that they had more DC superhero stuff announced. Now, we already right. knew we already knew that the uh, the Avengers Age of Ultron tie in stuff was coming. So I didn't go sure. too much into detail. That was kind of um, old stuff. In fact, the uh, Marvel superheroes. um 
two sets have already arrived here that we were able to buy uh, through Amazon. I've already done one unboxing and build over at the YouTube channel. And then the other one came yesterday, mm-hmm. and it's sitting right here, Attack on Avengers Tower. A lot of spoilery stuff oh, man. on the back of this page, which I think may be uh, very interesting. Yeah, Lego has been kind of doing that lately, where their sets come out you know, three months before the movie, and they end up having some major plot point well, in so this one's, on the sets. This set's not even supposed to be out till March, but there was oh. an Amazon... I don't know if it was an Amazon screw-up or if it was something planned with a limited number of sets, mm-hmm. but they went up like a week and a half ago mm-hmm. uh, on Amazon for like a day, and I somebody said it, and I was like, oh, I'm buying those, and bought them. Mm-hmm. That new Helicarrier, <laughs> which is not supposed to be out until um, March 15th, yeah. if you're a Lego VIP member, you know, signing up at Lego, you can get it now and mm-hmm. have it arrive by the end of the week. Wow. So, you know, there's there are all those kinds of things that you can get some of these sets early. Um, DC on the DC side, uh, you know, as much as I like Batman, I am really tired of the Batman Lego sets. A lot of Batman. A lot of Batman. Uh, one of them is uh, the Batboat Harbor Pursuit. The nice thing about Batboat. that, Matthew, is that it uh, it has Deathstroke the Terminator as one of the minifigs. Ooh, nice. Will it float? Uh, I, it looks like it might float. I, I don't know the... Um, I've if seen these says, pontoon. I've seen these pontoon ones before. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they do. Sometimes they don't. If it I'm gonna, says boat, I'm going to put it in the tub. Go for it. Do it. Uh, yes. It is. Um, it is 119. dollars I am not putting 119 dollars in the tub. That's ridiculous. <laughs> the other one that is that looks really really cool is Joker Land. Damn. Now we've seen Escape from Joker's Amusement Park or something before. I forget what the title of that uh, set was. Oh, is it, uh, it's something uh, the Batman Robin Escape. I forget what oh the title gosh, is. Oh gosh, that place where they all go to prison. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but Arkham? oh yeah, that's, well, yeah. that's no, it's not that one. It's a uh, different one? one. Yeah, Blackgate. No, it's not Blackgate. It's actually uh, Escape I, from I, some uh, uh, amusement park. Something or other is the set. It. I haven't built it yet. Uh, but Jokerland, <laughs> Jokerland is probably one that a lot of people will want to get their hands on because it includes like three or four different themed areas of this amusement mm-hmm. park. There's Harley Quinn who's riding a motorcycle on a tightrope. Uh, there is a penguin exhibit that has penguin. And there's also the Joker in there. This mm-hmm. set also features uh, Beast Boy. Ooh. This set also features Starfire. Wow. And the uh, the uh, Justice League one, the Justice League, the um, Dark Side Invasion set that came out in January mm-hmm. has a cyborg in it, Ooh. and we've already got a Nightwing minifigure. Wow. We are one minifigure away from having a complete Teen Titans roster. Oh, man. Wow. Wait. And you only We're... have to buy five different, yes, five different sets, sets. <laughs> yeah. to get it. And then piece them together. So what you're saying is you can build any team in the DC universe if you're willing to buy half a dozen Batman sets together. I know that's the worst thing. As I mean, I, I really like Superheroes Batman. Fan, I'm going to declare bankruptcy. Uh, well, <laughs> if they ever did that. Now, here's something cool that that the, on the Marvel side of this Lego thing is doing. There's something called the Carnage Shield Sky Attack. Comes out in August. Has a Carnage figure, which is cool. It's basically the Venom figure painted red. It also <laughs> includes Miles Morales. Nice. Miles Morales. Is Miles Spider-Man. in the ma- the mainstream Marvel you know? Uh, not yet. Um, not not until Spider Verse yeah. and uh, Battle World Secret Wars is over. I thought he was in. No, nope. they did a crossover, but I think did that he? was Peter Parker coming into Ultimate. Yes, that was that. I know they did Spider Men, but I thought yeah. Miles Morales was appearing in all new X Men. Well, if you like your Spider Men's Rhino and Sandman supervillain team up has not only a Spider Man figure and a Rhino figure and a Sandman figure. It uh-huh. also has a uh, iron. What is it called? The iron spider. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. From Civil War, the uh, the uh, Tony Stark tech. Yeah, when he had the iron suit that later went into Avengers Arena and became the new Scarlet Spiders. Yes. So you got that to look forward to. And then the <laughs> one that I am most interested in, only because it may contain spoilers for the upcoming Ant-Man movie, Ant-Man Final Battle, coming out in June. It's a 1999 set. Includes a yellow jacket. Includes Ant-Man flying on a uh, uh, on an ant, yeah. which is pretty cool. But it also includes a figure called Hank Pym wearing an Ant-Man costume. Uh-oh. What? Yep. What? Yep. So if wow. this is supposed to be an official movie tie-in, spoiler alert Well, it there. has the movie logo on the front of the box. It does have the... Well, this one also has... Uh, well, this one doesn't have Avengers on it, but it is called Attack on Avengers Tower. And if you look on it, it has pretty much everything that we have seen in the trailer. It's got uh, Thor and Iron Man sharing a drink. It's got uh, the uh, Ultron Mark I being built down in the lab. It has some of Tony Stark's Iron Man suits going out and stealing the uh, Loki Pokey stick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, the Loki Pokey stick. Yeah. Loki you so, do the Loki Pokey and you turn yourself around. So I think we know how uh, how Ultron comes to be. Yeah. Wow. They've even got I think some. He's got an infinity an infinity gem in his. I well, if the Loki Pokey stick is indeed stolen by the uh, <laughs> by the centuries, then yeah. What do you think of uh, these Lego sets, Matthew? You and your daughter have been buying these for a while. Yes and no. We buy like the the ones that are on clearance sale, and they were uh, birthday gifts. I think they're great. I really enjoy putting them together. Mm-hmm. I don't have anywhere to put them once they're together. Yeah, that's my problem too. Me too. And my thing is, um, we we bought the one, the drag race with the the Riddler Flash mobile. And the Riddler, the yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's great to have a Flash figure, but what we ended up doing was we built a house for her other figure. His name is Irving, and Flash spends most of his time sitting and watching TV with Irving. Uh, We had to make a garage big enough for the Batmobile. It was, you know, it was kind of a thing. (laughs) So, yeah, she's more into the domestic scenes and the entertaining stuff and Flash stealing the Batmobile for some reason. Well, if I I read the the Lego little cards right in the pictures that we have up there that miles morales said is only going to be like 1299 oh that'd be cool yeah so some they've in this one that i built this weekend up on the youtube channel um that one was only 1299 so it looks like they're trying to adjust some of those down but holy well, cow that's that, got a carnage in it they may need to add an additional <laughs> uh, but the, you know that helicarrier 350 bucks 350 bucks for that helicarrier Dude, that's a wow, car. that's so much. It is. It is that's, a lot. I mean, I I just cannot believe people are going to buy that one. That's for the hardcore collectors, though. That's for the the guys. I, who I think so. I mean, some of those are. I mean, they they showed off a new uh, Tie Fighter this weekend that's super highly detailed. Um, the Slave One, the Boba Fett ship, is highly detailed. Uh, they had the Sandcrawler last year, which was a big which was a big seller. But that one was, I think, three hundred dollars, not three fifty. From our major spoilers channel, watching your builds, I actually got linked to a guy who built a seven foot long Serenity. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've actually um, yeah. Not only have I seen that, I have those instructions. Last year at Nerdtacular, one of the uh, spoilerites came up to me and said, "Oh, I heard you like Lego and and Firefly, so I bought these plans that this guy built this seven foot long yeah. uh, Serenity ship." And he goes, "I got a copy for you," and he gave them to me. Can you just like go to Lego and order you can hundred gray panels to you, make your surrender? You can, but see that's part of the problem. Or you can there's a lot of other brick resellers out there. Right. Problem is to build that at the 
I mean, Lego pieces are almost worth their weight in gold. You know, the Modoc minifigure that came with the Hulk Smash uh, lab set, mm-hmm. that Modoc minifigure is like 50 bucks online. It's a sweet minifigure. It is a nice minifigure, yeah. but it's like 15 bucks. The yeah. Hulk Hulk minifigures go about 20, 25 bucks. Oh, wow. The Ant-Man minifigure will probably go, or minifigures in general, will go for about 15 bucks a piece. Wow. Uh, little bricks, you know, if you're even if you're talking about 10 cents a piece, right. 7,000 pieces, it's a $700 model to build uh there was a we covered it on the site uh, a year or so ago someone had built a uh a, um from the movie akira canada's uh, bike oh motorcycle yeah. mm-hmm, i've got those mm-hmm, plans and mm-hmm. i went and bought the plans i went and specked that out it's like a 250 dollars worth of legos that i would have to buy to build that thing Can't so you, you have to be you already have but they're already i mean it's tony stark's tower man i can't take <laughs> apart stark tower to uh sure you can't to Did build you see that the Lego movie? well but see that's that's a, the other part of the problem too in a lot of these times is i probably don't have 7000 gray pieces to build that serenity ship mm-hmm. or i'm going uh, or i'm going to be missing ah, that's that's the completest in me long time ago when i was a kid yes i would build stuff that would have 20 different colored bricks in it just because i needed that mm-hmm. one by two you know uh stud but yeah. no way uh, uh, today i have to be it's got to be the solid color. I think yeah. I think if I got even if I got one of these sets like if I got like the big like Millennium Falcon or something like that, I would still go to my Lego bucket and see which like how many of each piece I had and how many in each color so I could basically make like the flying circus Millennium Falcon <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and add bits and pieces to it, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah flown by a, a pharaoh with a big hook I just on I don't I, I've just always been a huge Lego fan I don't oh, know absolutely. what it is and and my youngest is totally into Lego more so I mean uh, Mason loves playing with with Lego and he loves building the sets but he mm-hmm. doesn't do sometimes he'll go out and and be creative and build something different mm-hmm. but the youngest with the few Legos that we give him he sits there and he just builds and constructs and does different things and swaps body parts around and he's constantly showing off look dad I made the, my favorite one that I shared with people was the um, uh, Captain America Ninja Turtle that he was so <laughs> proud of. He took one of the Ninja Turtles heads, slapped it on uh, Steve Rogers' body, and then put the leg- the green uh, legs on the bottom, put a little shield in his hand. is uh-huh. like, look, Dad, it's Captain America Ninja Turtle. So That's pretty cool. That's awesome. Hey, uh, if you guys are going to be going to your comic book sh- shop over the next, I was going to say probably two weeks at least, mm-hmm. you're probably going to l- notice a lack of IDW books. Uh, on the store shelves. Oh, no. What happened? Uh, we don't know. Uh, IDW Publishing announced last week, on Friday, in fact, that uh, due to ongoing problems at West Coast ports, our normal shipping procedures have been completely interrupted, causing unpredictable delays. Regrettably, this has resulted in all of our books planned for release on 1218 to be delayed. We've located, we've uh, looked at every possible uh, scenario to pre- uh, prevent this, but the situation is completely beyond our control. We're taking steps to improve this for the immediate future, uh, but the books and products that are currently on the water cannot be redirected. While we will be updating our weekly releases and keeping you informed as the situation works towards a resolution, we understand this is not an ideal situation and apologize for any inconveniences causes and look forward to things getting back to normal in ensuing weeks. They say weeks, so this isn't going to be Ouch. fixed by the 21st. Or whatever it is, 27th, whatever next week is. Part of me hopes there was a, uh, some sort of a strike and then a Boston Tea-like situation happened where <laughs> people, people were stormed the, the ship and threw the, the comics into Zachary, the ocean. Aloysius <laughs> Wolf, you do comics not are too expensive. joke about comics in the water. <laughs> you do not joke about That's not funny. 
I, I don't know what I don't know if it's a dock worker thing. I don't know if yeah. it's a customs thing mm-hmm. or what's going on. But I feel kind of bad because also earlier in the week, IDW had announced that they had moved in these new digs, which are really sweet down in uh, well, I think San Diego is where they're at. I forget where they're at. Uh, but they had just moved into these new sweet digs. And mm-hmm. then two days later, they're like, uh, you know, all those books that were supposed to come out next week. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not coming they're out. They're in a boat. You know what happened? Andy Samberg showed up. Yeah. And he and T-Pain took the boat, and now they have to get it back. All up in their flippy floppies. That that joke comes from 2010, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. That joke comes from the middle of my heart. <laughs> <laughs> Rodrigo, any thoughts on, on publication delays? Um... No, I guess not. This is actually just this is like a very technical thing. Like yeah, I'm yeah. pretty bad about going to a comic book shop on like Wednesday anyway. So it's like I probably wouldn't even notice if comics were late because well, I'd be I, like, oh yeah, I've been meaning to pick this up. Great, I remember oh, digital the next spikes. Issue of this already came out. Also <laughs> well, I was trying to find out what books were actually affected, but by the time I went to their new release mm-hmm. list mm-hmm. on Friday for the next week, uh, Diamond had already had already changed it. Um, um, it looks like My Little Pony Adventure and Friendship Hardcover Volume 2 TM, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Ongoing 43 My Little Pony Transformers Animated All Spark Almanac those are just the trade paperbacks so I can't find the single issues that were not uh, that were scheduled to arrive which is kind of sad because I I thought Star Trek 41 was supposed to come out this past week mm. but maybe not Wait. they didn't see anything about digital did they? Those are still no, but see, out, right? the, the thing is, they're also not releasing those on digital. They're not. No, in fact, no, I want to hold off until they can. Yeah, that's that's part of the thing with the deal with the uh, comic shop owners is that uh, they agreed that they would do same day as release on print. Well, so if you can't get it in print, you can't get it in digital, and we can't even get the review about copies. Star Trek Forty One. I had some new arc that was going on. I was looking forward to uh, reviewing it on the site. Let's see. I, I, I couldn't remember if it was last week or this week that it was coming out. But yeah, you're right, Rodrigo. If I'm not paying attention, I don't know when things come out. Oh, yeah. Would it still be in the new comic releases for last week? Or no. They, like I said, they stripped they that out. It by the time we pulled By the time that press release went out and I ran over to the preview site to see if it was there, they'd already taken all that stuff out. And, the, and even yeah. in the cancellations, those were the cancellations that I read were the, uh, the hardcovers. But, Star Trek uh, 41 was scheduled for the 11th. Oh, okay, so then that's out then. That's cool. out then. According to Majorspoilers.com, yep. my source for comic news and reviews. Uh, let's see. You also, uh, the Young, what is that? The Young Association of, uh, Young American Library Association. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, Young Adult Library Services Association. There we go. There you go. Had, uh, had names, named the 2015 great graphic novels for, for teens. We've got Afterlife with Archie, Escape from Riverdale, is wow. one of the great graphic novels for teens. Twelve to eighteen, yeah, I'd say so. Zombie horror. Twelve to eighteen. Yeah, I know, I know. Uh, Think bad, about what were you reading we when read. you were twelve? Yeah, I, uh, I was reading Playboy. Well, like yeah, there you it. go. Forty-seven <laughs> Ronin uh, by Mike Richardson and Stan Sakai from Dark Horse Comics. Uh, In Real Life by Corey Doctorow. Miss Marvel Volume One. Seconds, yeah. a graphic novel by Brian Lee O'Malley. Uh, the Shadow Hero, Through the Woods, Trillium, Wolf Children, Ami and Yuki uh, from uh, Yen Press. Nice. Those are some of the ones. That's that's not uh, the list of 79 
titles drawn from 108 official nominations presented annually at the uh, ALA Midwinter Meeting. Mm. So uh, those Is there are anything just some else of them. that, you, that what you think should have been included? I don't know. What do you think? Uh, I'm just trying to think of what would have been age appropriate. I almost said sex criminals, but I said eh, maybe not. Probably not for 12 to 18. Maybe not. <laughs> um, Adventure Time with Fiona gosh. and Cake was listed. Yeah. yeah, I can see that. Uh, All Star, All You Need Is Kill, Baltimore, Volume 3, The Passing Stranger, and other stories. Yeah. It looks like the extended list has uh, Black Widow, Volume mm-hmm. 1 on it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. All kinds of interesting stuff. Are there any that... Batman 66. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's, not, it's not horrible. Yeah. You know? My Little uh, Pony Friendship is Magic. That one popped yeah, up several times. Good. Rust, uh, The Death Ooh, of Rocket yeah, Boy, that's... which we, we like that one a lot. Secret Service Kingsman made the list based on the new uh, Kingsman movie. Or really? What, the, uh, what they made I into thought the super violent. Movie. <laughs> super the movie violent, is super violent. I thought violent, that yeah. had uh, dialogue, dialogue, dialogue. Mark Miller, F-bomb dialogue. Probably. This is what they have. Um, well, that's true. They are. Then I would like to put sex girls on the list. Then. <laughs> 12 to 18. That's the thing. It's like teenage. It's like there's so much difference between like a 13-year-old and like an 18-year-old. Yeah, like five years. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Kids these days, right? I'm yeah. I'm a little frightened that you keep wanting to put that on the list, Zach, because now I want to know what your teenage years... Actually, I don't. Probably most normal teenage years, you know? Probably the uh, most normal you can think dude, of. Smoking in the parking lot at lunchtime and uh, skipping down to... The, jacket. Yeah. Skipping down to the 7-Eleven to buy a, a, a Slurpee. Mm-hmm. Throwing rocks Going at out. cans. Throwing rocks at cans. Throwing Going out with Big, that was Big Brother Wally after church and getting yeah. in trouble on the construction site. Playing uh, Donkey Kong and uh, Space Invaders at the did local... It, uh, yep. At the local hamburger yeah, joint. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Climbing the Wake, water tower. Waking up on a... On a Slippery slide with a girl whose name you didn't know, but you ended up dating for six months afterwards. Reading sex criminals. Yeah. All right. There you go. Then. <laughs> Any other news that uh, popped up this week you guys want to talk about? Nah. <laughs> nah. Nah. All right. I can't think of anything right off the top of my head. It was kind of a it. slow week. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, what was it two weeks ago? Uh, the night we were recording Major Spoilers oh, podcast. Um, we had a big thing. We had the Spider-Man thing. And then Monday was really kind of slow and quiet, too. So I thought maybe something yeah. was coming. Uh, I guess the uh, biggest late announcement that came with, I don't think I have the press release yet, was uh, Gail Simone is doing a whole um, uh, new line for Dynamite Entertainment featuring women yes. of of. Pulp uh, yeah. novels, mm-hmm. all being done by women writers, which yep. is pretty cool. And I don't have all the information on that, but we'll have it up on the website uh, very soon. I'm trying to see if they even sent it to us yet. Nope, not yet. Uh, so that'll that'll be really cool when it comes out. So be on the lookout for that. All right, news is done. You can find more news stories, sneak peeks, reviews, all sorts of stuff at Majorspoilers.com. Why don't we jump into some reviews really quick? Reviews. So uh, last week, I think this came out last week. Uh, we get our releases from Dynamite so weirdly now. They're sending stuff out two weeks in advance, so I don't know by the time I read something, am I still ahead of the release schedule or behind the release schedule? So Sherlock Holmes versus Harry Houdini is a series that I've been following since it launched. I've talked about it before on the podcast. Um, we do know that Rasputin is the bad guy behind everything, and now Houdini and Holmes are going after the bad guy. Mm. And um, Holmes uh, is a little weirded out and whacked out because of his ayahuasca uh, trips that he's been on. And he's having some flashbacks to uh, to an event that really kind of shook him up. And so I I think he does, he's not afraid of dying. 
and uh, he puts uh, Rasputin to the test and Rasputin puts him to the test. And uh, this issue ends with a bang, man. It's uh, it's pretty incredible. Um, I'm still kind of bothered by, mm. you know, real world person meeting fictional creation, uh, especially when Holmes or um, um, uh, Houdini and um, Conan Doyle were friends. Mm. Just seems weird for some reason. I don't I can't put my finger on it. The art seems to be much improved from the first issue. And I have read all the issues up to this point. But it's, uh, I don't know, there seems to be something choppy about this story. Things seem to happen too quickly. Things to ha- seem to pop out for no reason at different points. It's still interesting. I'm, I'm definitely reading the whole series. There's only one more issue left because I want to see how they defeat uh, Rasputin. Um, this book is, uh, I don't know, it has problems, but it also has a lot of redeeming uh, merits to it to make it a fun read. And I don't want to give too much away because, again, I forgot which day this came out, if it was last <laughs> week or tomorrow. So I don't want to give out too many spoilers. But I'm giving this four slices of meatloaf. I mean, if you have made it this far into the series, you know what's going on. You know what the peril is. You are invested in the characters. Mm-hmm. So I think that deserves some credit. And I think that the art is much improved. So I think that gives it a boost up. Um, it's just the the two characters. I also had the same complaint about a book that came out uh, not too long ago called uh, – is it Lovecraft and Tesla mm-hmm. and how they were treating those two characters as comedic characters instead of the way that they really were um, somewhat troubling. So I, that is my only nitpick about Sherlock Holmes versus Harry Houdini. Uh, four out of five slices of meatloaf. It is out. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps. Perhaps. Maybe. Let's say yes. Let us say yes, Matthew. What are you bringing to the table? Ah, uh, healthy dose of snark, 50 years of comic history, and Action Lab Entertainment's Fight Like a Girl number three. Oh, yeah. I had not been following this series, but it popped up. There, there was a, a scheduling thing today, and I, I kind of stepped on Rodrigo's toes, so there was a thing. I apologize, Rodrigo, but I didn't realize until this afternoon that this was a thing. And I grabbed issue three because they had sent us the copy to go, hey, would you like to review this? I'm right, like, right. sure, I review comics. This is pretty cool. Uh, Fight Like a Girl is the story of a young lady who, I believe her name is Amorosa, which cracks me up every time because I think of the villain from that season of The Apprentice because everything's a reference to me. Basically, she is competing in a universal tournament where she fights her way through whoever they put in front of her. And she receives a boon from these nine, we're going to call them gods, because I think that's what they do in the book. And what she's trying to fight for is something because uh, she has a brother who is suffering from a terminal illness. Hmm. This is really interesting stuff. And, you know, it has kind of a familiar premise at the heart of it, the, the Mortal Kombat tournament. But the main character is... First of all, really stylish, really good-looking design in the book. I really like the art. I like Amorosa. She has her hair pulled up in a great big puff on the top of her head. It's fascinating. But throughout this issue, she's trying really hard to focus on her goals. And everyone around her seems to know something that she doesn't. So in this particular episode, she gets into a fight that turns out to be a fight in space. (laughs) And I'm not, again, I'm not sure of the physics or the 
the logic behind this, but she's, you know, she's fighting for the amusement of the gods. I'm sure they make this stuff happen. Snap their fingers. You're, you know, going to be tortured and killed. It's kind of like playing critical hit with uh, Rodrigo in a lot of ways. But as the issue comes to an end, she is given an important piece of information by someone that she's actually fighting. And she has that choice of, do we kill him or do we not kill him? Spoilers. She chooses one or the other. I really kind of like this issue, and I want to go dig up one and two now. I didn't get a chance to get them before we went to air, but I really do want to read this. It's a four-issue limited series from Action Lab Entertainment. Um, There is a fascinating moment where she is thrown into the heart of the sun, which I'm taking as a commentary on the existence of the century at Marvel. Again, everything's a reference for me. I really like the art. I like the story. I like the main character, and I kind of want to know how the whole thing is going to end. I like the fact that she hits things with a baseball bat until they fall down, and that's kind of her whole shtick. Uh, Three and a half slices of meatloaf for Fight Like a Girl, number three. At one point, there is a host who talks directly to the reader as though we are the audience of whatever tournament she's in. That's really the only big misstep for me is having the cute uh, little fairy person turn and go, oh, no, maybe so. No, just stop. Stop it. Stop pointing where I need to go, Navi. Just Leave it, leave it be. The story is over here, and I want to be a part of the story. But very good book. I was, I was very surprised. I'm looking forward to next issue. Who, who published that? Action Lab Entertainment. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got those other ones if you want them. Cool. All right, Zach. Uh, let's check back in with Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Did you do Black Vortex last week? I did the beginning of the Black Vortex, and I was pretty sour on it. Yeah. But uh, so you're, you're coming back in. Guess for who more. got sucked into the vortex? This guy. All right. Uh, so yeah. This week, no, they the, can't use that. the first one's free. The, the, no, it wasn't. It was $4.99. Uh, the Black <laughs> Vortex is back, and this time it is in Guardians of the Galaxy number 24, uh, part two of the Black Vortex. Crossover, Schmigiggy. Uh This time, we're right where we left off. Right where we left off. The big uh, bad people looked into the Vortex, and now they're going to try to kill all the Guardians and the X-Men. Uh, Gamora at the end of last issue, looked into the Vortex to go all Super Saiyan and uh, beefed up. And in the beginning of this issue, she waxes the floor with these fools with this new Black Vortex, whatever this thing is. Uh, and at that point, they all escape because they're kind of scared. Uh, so then they, we, go, we go into a long dialogue of, should we be using this Black Vortex thing that we don't understand, but makes us all have cool costume changes and really wicked powers? Or should we not risk doing weird things to our bodies like that? Uh, um, at one point, uh, everyone is pretty much good to go with it because they have like Thanos out there like, hey, we could destroy Thanos if we all, you know, beef up with some Vortex. Kitty Pride's like, hey, guys, let's not do this because that would be really stupid of us to just trust into this weird power thing, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kitty Pride was around for the Phoenix. So. Right, and that comes up. She's like, Peter, let me tell you a story of the, the, of the, the, the Phoenix Force. And Rocket goes, okay, here we go. Anytime you two Earth mutants get in the same room, someone's going to bring up the Phoenix Force like you invented it. <laughs> uh, which is a great moment. One, because... Uh, it's probably someone out there saw this first issue. It's like, oh, it's the Phoenix Force. Uh, me, I didn't because I've never read the Phoenix Force. I just know kind of what it's about. Uh, so, I mean, it continues. 
A lot of great dialogue, I thought. I thought they really kind of limited the scope. There's a lot of characters there, but who's all voicing their opinions is is way more limited in this issue than the first Black Vortex yeah. issue, which is really nice for me personally. Yeah. Um, I thought there was good character moments and just nice dialogue. Um, and then you get a really awesome moment when Beast looks into the vortex. Everyone's talking. Beast's like, I'm just looking at this thing. He gets a super sweet costume and he's all, boom, boom. He like blasts uh, uh, Kitty Pride because she's going to try to destroy it. He's like, wow. Pew, pew, pew. Yeah. Um, and then it all ends. It, this came out last week, so I'm just going to tell you how it ends. You can keep up the black vortex with me. Uh, Gamora's like, guess what? We're all going to use it. She just picks it up and just like shoves it in everyone's face. So the last panel is all of the, everyone in the on this weird planet all in their new black vortex costumes. So I'm sure there should be a new line of toys, toys coming out any day now. What um, what was that thing where the... Was it the Phoenix Force that split apart and gave everybody powers, Matthew? Uh, that was in Avengers versus X-Men. It was... Mm-hmm. Uh, Phoenix five. five five people, yeah. It sounds. Cyclops, it sounds the, the between Colossus and Magic. It, it sounds very familiar from what yes. the way I mean from what no. I know about that other story <laughs> and from what what Zach is doing. Yeah, you know, a, a super universal force turns everybody into something different. Yes, that is exactly what is happening here. <laughs> uh, but for me, it seems fresh because I've never actually oh, read yeah, yeah, those. Yeah. I've just been like. Yeah, that is something well, that happened if, I never read. You know, and if something works once, why not use it yeah. again? And it's I mean it's with different characters. Kind of the Guardians are included this time with the X Men, I guess. When you say beast, is it young space beast from the past? Um or is it beast from the future. <laughs> he got fur or is no he fur? Blue? Is he, he is blue. Does he have no fur. He okay. is blue. Now I'm confused as to what it is. He looks thin. See what they did was they brought the X Men from the past up. And they're still around? Yeah, they yeah. got their own book. Is this how the Black Vortex was created? Because it created some time paradox? No, that- the Black Vortex comes from, from some far-off planet that some weird uh, giant metal god gave to the people, and then they killed each other over. His name was Galactus. Galactus. I don't think it was Galactus. No, it was totally Galactus. Oh, okay. Um, so here's the deal. I was okay. kind of sour on the Black Vortex the first time. Right. I'm kind of opening up to it oh. which kind of makes me mad because i'm like well now if i'm gonna read this i have to like buy all these issues you don't have like, to i know but i feel like i almost have to you're now. gonna i've i'm kind of interested that's how they I like that's the how characters they the art in this book is beautiful it's by uh valerio shitey i hope i got that right that's artist and jason keith nailed that one he's a colorist venom is a guardian now uh yeah, that was confusing me. Venom is here. He hasn't talked at all. You just kind of see him in the background. All Maybe the time. he's a ghost. He might be in X Man. No, I'm not I think sure. Venom is a guardian. Very interesting. Yeah, it's because his was... player didn't show up for the session. So, right, so <laughs> grab somebody and set him in there. Uh yeah. So the Black Vortex may f- feel familiar if you're a, a seasoned comic reader. Uh, if you're not, then. It might be something interesting you should actually check out. I'm kind of flip-flopping. Uh, it's kind of a short book. I felt like there's a lot of like uh, big old two-page art spreads. Uh, but again, it's beautiful to look at, so I'm not totally complaining. Uh, I'm going to give it three and a half slices of meatloaf, and I'll probably read the next one. Yep, that's how they do it, Zach. Yep. That's how they do it. 
okay, Rodrigo, what do you have this week in the form of uh, uh, Astro City? Was that you, Zach? Yeah, I hit my microphone. God dang you, Zach. I know you're Zach. super excited about Black Vortex. I muted it. But it pleased your wild flailing of arms. <laughs> it's puberty. I'm telling you this. <laughs> you're 23. I'm a late bloomer. Yeah, I guess. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, I just realized Zach's real age. Proving once and for all that I do pay attention to <laughs> When he told you how old he was, that's yeah, when you I'm realized. <laughs> and it was at that point, this is where the uh, Kevin Arnold uh, pan in or push in starts to happen. That's when I realized Zach was 23. <laughs> <laughs> bow, bow, bow. <laughs> A little help from Rodrigo's oh, review. That, that, that uh, reference may be even over Zach's head. Anyway. Yep. Rodrigo. That reference may be over Rodrigo's head. No, come no, on. we got the Wonder Years pretty late in Mexico. Oh, that's true. I keep forgetting we had some of the same stuff. Yeah, so he's almost our age, essentially. Technically, yeah. That's kind of like you and I knowing all, everything about uh, Lucille Ball and uh, the Honeymooners, because we were forced yeah. to watch those reruns because nothing else was on. That doesn't really count. I mean, when we were kids, you had to watch TV or else you had to talk to people. <laughs> and I don't know if you've met any of my siblings. but No, I don't think I have. Anyway, let's try this again. Rodrigo, <laughs> Astro City number 20. Yeah, Astro City number 20. Uh, so uh, this uh, latest series uh, focuses on Coral. And Coral has been, is a character that has been in the Astro City books forever. From the very um, as, beginning. Yeah, yeah, as part of uh, Honor Guard, and, and she's like a legacy character as well. Uh, Matthew, I believe, has reviewed previous versions of this, or previous uh, issues of this arc. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so this issue mostly focuses on uh, Quarrel's uh, issues as uh, with, with intimacy, basically. Um, she doesn't have any superpowers. She doesn't have... Uh, any mystical abilities or anything like that. She's just relies on training and gadgets and hangs out with, you know, guys that are like super powerful and have magic powers or are Barbie doll robots. Yeah. So, um, so this is mostly about her basically being unable to maintain a, a good romantic relationship because of that, because of the level of training and work that it takes to be a superhero when you don't have any powers. Um, and it is uh, pretty good. Unlike any time I've ever seen this story uh, played it out in a Batman book, this one actually feels like a real person is doing it. Um, so it's it's really good. It's really interesting. Um, also, as with all Astro City stuff, you get that like this slice of everything that's actually going on in the comic book universe at this time. So. Um, Obviously, the point of the issue is uh, Coral has trouble with her boyfriends, but, you know, in it, there's, like, an alien invasion, and then, like, um, somebody steals some kind of super serum formula, and um, at the end, Cracker Jack gets, like, attacked by some space monsters. Like, there's a lot going on. But the important thing is, like, uh, Coral has trouble with her boyfriends. Which is great. That's kind of what you want out of Astro City. Yeah, yeah. Um, I wasn't crazy about the art in this one, honestly. Um, 
I don't know what it is exactly. I mean, the characters are on model and everything. I think there's just times where, like, this book is demanding on facial expressions, and there are times when they look weird, or it's like the character's saying something, and I'm like, oh, this character's excited and not angry. Like, there's, I don't know. There's just, like, moments where I'm just not crazy about the art. Um, so, uh, altogether, I'd give this three and a half slices of meatloaf. Um, it's, it's kind of hard to, even, even the worst issue of Astro City tends to be pretty good. Um, and this was not by far the worst issue of Astro City I've read. So, uh, yeah, three and a half good times. Cool. Pick it up. Definitely. If you've been following it, if not, again, this is like, um, they have, I think by this point, um, done at least a limited on every major uh, character in the Honor Guard, except for Quarrel. So now Quarrel gets hers. Very nice. Yeah. Very nice indeed. And I believe Jason Inman is still doing his uh, breakdown with uh, Kurt Busick shortly after every issue is released. So you can find those over at Majorspoilers.com as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, let's see. That is from Vertigo Comics, an imprint of DC, DC. Comics. Um, there was a whole uh, release today of the uh, solicitations from DC and Marvel for May. And uh, man, if you want to know what's going on in the Marvel Universe, there are some uh, little bit of spoilers, I think, revealed in the uh, in their solicitations this week. Hmm. So, yeah, you might want to go check those out. Same way with DC Convergence is going on. Over at DC in May, Secret Wars going on uh, over at Marvel. It's a big month for comics and a big month for double covers. That's all I can say. Well, I can say a lot more. In fact, <laughs> I can talk all about the major spoilers poll of the week this week. Poll of the week? Yeah, there you go, Matthew. Uh, hey, this poll of the week. want to thank everyone who's going over to Majorspoilers.com and clicking on that Amazon button. Because every purchase you make through that button over at Majorspoilers.com helps us out. And I appreciate everyone who's doing that. And um, keep doing it. Thank you so much. So last night, Rodrigo and Zach and I sat down and we played Legendary Villains from Upper Deck. This is a deck building game. First time we'd ever played on it. uh, Played with it. And we got to take on the roles of the villain. And we had to work together to defeat the hero. Which got me thinking. Uh, Over the last couple of weeks... Some of us, all of us, parts of us have uh, played everything from superhero to supervillain and everything in between. And I was wondering this week, how do you classify, how do you classify yourself? Do you classify yourself as a superhero, someone that takes on big global challenges as an unafraid of anything? Are you a hero, someone who works maybe locally or regionally? Are you a sidekick, someone that supports the hero? Are you a bystander that... Um, is kind of a looky loo or a looker on who <laughs> a looky loo could be a looky loo superhero name. <laughs> but the problem with the bystanders though is that they could get caught in the crossfire. Yes. <laughs> are you a thug or are you a goon? Are you one of those low level criminals? Are you a villain? Which I kind of classified as someone that works in a smaller market. You know, like a WIBW. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, you're, you're Ralph right. Yeah, 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 exactly. You don't, you don't become a supervillain until you at least break into, you know, Albany. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or are you a supervillain, someone bent on dominating the world? Uh-huh. 
This is really weird for me. I mean, I've, I've talked about it a little bit before in some of the other shows, but I ended up having to classify myself as a supervillain, not because of the actions <laughs> that I do now, but that one bad day, I could certainly see myself enacting, um, enacting the plan. <laughs> Using Execute your grass valley switcher to blow up Alderaan. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So I mean, it's I mean we've talked about it before. I mean, uh, Rayshaw Ghoul is not wrong, um, but it's just uh, <laughs> Rayshaw Ghoul is all kinds of wrong, brother. <laughs> oh yeah, he's he's wrong in his execution. But if I were to if I were to put myself on any of that, certainly wouldn't be the superhero standpoint. I would like to think of it, but I I think that. Um, I think that going from Rayshaw Ghoul's perspective, I'm not saying he's right. Come on, uh, that I would I would end up falling into the supervillain role more than anything. Zach, what about you? Um, this is weird question. This is weird question to me, um, because it's <laughs> it's like. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, I I was going back and forth between sidekick and bystander, I guess. Oh, okay. Um, and I just leaned towards sidekick because I don't, I don't really know why. I just, uh I like watching things, but I guess sidekicks get to watch a little bit, but they get help every once in a while. Sure, they do. Uh, yeah, bystander's not good because you get a lot of uh, you know like debris falling on your head, and I yeah try to avoid that as much as possible. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so I just went with Psychic. This one made me feel weird because, like, who's going to put there a superhero? I don't know. Did Matthew, you guys? <laughs> what, what did you put? I put I'm a superhero. Nice. <laughs> well, because when I look at the breakdown, uh, now this is the thing. I'm not going to be your classic superhero. I'm going to be the shoveler. I'm going to be Captain Action. I'm going to be Bouncing Boy. But I'm going to be a superhero. When you break down the way that I try to look at the universe. I try to look at the universe like uh, like Monel. There are thousands of guys who can do exactly what Monel does. If you go down the list of all the superheroes in existence, and I will eventually follow me on Twitter at Mighty King Cobra, um, there are hundreds of thousands of guys who do the thing. Just being a big, strong guy in a cave, that doesn't make Monel particularly special. What makes him interesting? is his perspective on the world. So if I look at, I'm not a bystander because I don't want to be necessarily neutral. I'm not a supervillain because I don't have the drive. Supervillains have a plan. I'm really reactive in life. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm a can you start my orange kind of person. But superhero fits because when something goes off the rails... I like to think that I respond quickly and generally hmm. correctly. It, it's interesting because I've seen how you respond to Reddit comments, Matthew, and I would peg you clearly in the supervillain. Uh, no, see, the thing is, like, Reddit comments, <laughs> like, that's not like they're good. <laughs> right. Reddit comment and internet comments will be my kryptonite. I know. That's that's what I'm saying. If, if I need a reason to become a supervillain, all I need to do is look in the comments section of any, any given <laughs> but, website. But this is the thing. The comment section doesn't make me a villain. It gives me something to overcome. It's like that moment where Spider-Man is is like trapped under the machine and the machine is internet comments and it's holding him down and Aunt May is going to die because she doesn't have her medicine and everything bad is going to happen and Gwen's going to fall off a freaking bridge. The internet comments, I will lift them. I will be drawn by Steve Kirby 
or Jack Ditko for a whole, it'll take me a whole issue to lift it up. It'll be all dramatic and stuff. But once it's lifted, those internet comments will be off. And then I can wait until next issue when the green internet comment comes around. Oh, and, you know, I see. You're only as good as your, as your last issue. <laughs> well, yeah, that's kind of a super, I, I, you know, the other thing that also made me think, you know, super villains as well. I mean, I really, it's hard to, I mean, there's been a lot of papers written on uh, the mind of a villain. You know, there's stuff on, you know, what makes the Joker tick, those kinds of things. Um, Ashley Robinson and Jason Inman did a great geek history lesson. Was it last week or this week on Captain Cold? Mm -hmm. Where you find that Ralph Snart isn't a complete, complete horrible person. Yeah, Lynn Ralph Snart. Snart is from yeah, Ralph Snart. Comics. Yeah, he's, a, he's a milkman. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you you find out that he's not he's not a terrible, total, awful person. Mm -hmm. He's got his own rules and he's got his own ways of doing things. Yeah. Um, I think that humanizes him a little bit more. Um, I'm having a, a psychic flash. Yeah, yeah. Rodrigo, what about you? Uh, I'd probably be a bystander. Like, even if I had superpowers, I probably wouldn't get involved. <laughs> Like the best, the best they could do is like really, really reluctant superhero. Like yeah. the Justice League mm -hmm. would have to show up and be like, Rodrigo, we are facing these cosmic dinosaurs, and your ability to control dinosaurs is the only thing that's going to save us. And I'd be like, All right, but I'm not wearing a costume. <laughs> now, for six, for over six hundred episodes now, I have been saying that Stephen is on one end. I'm on the other. Rodrigo is directly between us as the balancer to keep us from destroying each other. Yeah, see, I don't know. I, this, you know, I think this, this, this has proven it. We chose these, these, these extremes. Rodrigo well, went straight down the middle. I think it's also, um, you know, I guess it depends on perspective too, right? I mean, because mm -hmm. I think we've talked about this with villains before. It's a matter of what their perspective is, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And um, you know, with um, with Rachel Ghoul, he is looking at uh, population reduction to save the planet, right? Yeah, and he's looking at population reduction to save Rachel Ghoul. Well, and, and that's you know that's where it starts to get a little a little weirded mm -hmm. out. And he wants to make sure that Rachel Ghoul doesn't just survive, but yeah, that he's control in control of everything. That's that's the part where it'd be like, I really that's, don't that's, want, I really don't want control of the whole planet. But that's the thing. I mean, Darth Vader thinks he's doing the right thing. Right. Exactly. He is the definition of lawful evil. He's going to bring order to the universe, even if he has to force choke the bejesus right, out right. of everybody. That's probably where I would fall, would be in the lawful That is exactly side. where you would fall. <laughs> and in, in all the right ways. Plus, you do have that tendency when you get to walking too far to go. <laughs> <laughs> plus, plus, at some point, I'll get to pick up Matthew with my, uh, with my powers and cast him off the side of the tower. <laughs> no! No, 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 no. If you strike me down, Stephen, I will become more yes. powerful than you can ever imagine. Well, that's just the stench. We're talking about... <laughs> Just kidding, hey, Matthew. Hey, see, I will. I will be the last thing you see. It'll be me and Hayden Christensen, and then we'll iris down to black. Da -da 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 -da. No. <laughs> Where is Podman? <laughs> oh, I think it's fun sometimes to go and and uh, and look at these. I'm sure I, you know, in a in a different day at a different time, I'd probably say, yeah, I'd probably be like being a, a sidekick. <laughs> I'm yeah, just, just, you know, I, yeah. Come back in a week, maybe I'll, I'll progress from a supervillain to villain, then to thug, <laughs> then to bystander. 
I can't see you being a thug or a sidekick because even when you were I don't like hurting old, people. You had, you had no use for other people's agendas. No, but I also don't like hurting people either. Intentionally. That's true. You'd be a bad supervillain. I would be, wouldn't I? Curse you, <laughs> Spider-Man. You caught me five minutes into my plan. Maybe. Like the Mock Turtle. I love that guy. Oh, yeah. That'd be my name. Mock Turtleneck. Mock Turtleneck. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And my superhero name will be, uh, hey, Matthew, let's look at the votes on the poll of the week. Yeah, sure. Dan Langdale says uh, he put sidekick. Alicia said that she would classify herself as anti-hero, but since that wasn't an option, she went with supervillain. <laughs> um, Tazul says, let's see, he would classify himself in the villain spectrum. Clever yep. Lang said that he went, uh, I think he went, well, he played, he didn't really answer the question. He says he liked to play the dark <laughs> Jedi on Knights of the Old Republic. Hey, me too. You can get horns that way. Russ Cat says, I think he would classify himself as an anarchy class villain. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, Narciss, where's the narcissist button says Brenton. And then he clicks superhero. Uh, Taylor says, my wife is a superhero. I am her sidekick. And Alicia says, or I'm sorry, Ashley Victoria Robinson says, I put sidekick because she always wanted to be Robin. She'd make a great Robin, actually. I think she, I think if you go back and look at some of Jason's videos, she may actually be a Robin in one of his videos. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she, she says that Robin is her favorite hero. Yep. My favorite hero changes from day to day. Yeah. So well, how I did everybody else vote so far, Matthew? 84 votes in the bag right now. Uh, the majority, 31%, saying that they would be a bystander hmm. in the ongoing battle against good and evil. The next level, oddly enough, hero. 21% saying hero, 19 sidekick. Supervillain at 7, superhero at 12. I mean, it's an extreme. Thug, nobody wants to be a thug. No. You should call them mooks. Eh. Uh, 6% villains. Yeah. The thing about it is, historically speaking, you got to have more supervillains than you have superheroes. Because there's a new issue of the book. Spider-Man is one man and he's got like 355 guys, all of whom have animal names and or are possessed by alien underpants from space. Everyone's going to say, oh, I knew it. Steven's just evil. Blah, 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 blah. Steven <laughs> is, is not a poll. evil. It is a poll, people. Here's the thing about Steven. Steven is not evil. Steven is a good man. I try to be. Bad haircut. <laughs> I try to be. Can't help it. I, I'm missing half my hair. What do you expect me to do? You know what? Except for your family, I may know you as long as anyone else in the world. Uh, let's see. You and I have known each other going on, what, 25 years now? 26 years now. Years now. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> um, 26 years. We've known each other longer so than So my Zachary mom and dad have known yeah. me for almost 45 40. years. Well, you are old. Uh, let's see. My sister has known me for 40, uh, or I'm sorry, 36 years, 38 years. See, I haven't spoken to my sisters in like two years. Matthew has known me for, yeah, you may be. Cause my wife and I've only known each other for 13 years. And that's the thing, you know, at Reed Richards and Dr. Doom fought in college. Lex Luthor. Oh, you know what? Brian, Brian did fought it. in high school. Brian. That's no, that's actually that's not, that's not true because I didn't meet Brian until. Uh, ju junior or something. I think it was mm -hmm. when you were juniors. See, so you got you know, two years on him. But that's the thing, you know, when you have your big origin epiphany issue and you try to take over the world, we'll have that moment where I'll be like, old friend, you've gone too far. You must come back. <laughs> and I'm going to and I'm, and I'm going to look at you and I'm going to say, Matthew, for the last time, stripes and checks do not go together. <laughs> <You're thinking of laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Carl. I was the one who mixed plaids and Hawaiian. 
print. I went with Hawaiian print. I went with Hawaiian print a lot, too. It works so. for me. It yeah, 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 yeah. All right, everybody. You can head over to Majorspoilers.com. Cast your vote in the Major Spoilers poll of the week. Of Make week. Zach uncomfortable. Let's see if we can get I would be a sidekick. I decide, I'd solidly determined. Okay. You would be an excellent sidekick. I mean, Thank you. That's, that's what you do. You're like a hero, but you're like a hero who needs guidance. <laughs> I'm like a hero who has seen young. Bullet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen that Bullet. Will be, that will be your sidekick name, Bullet Boy. Bullet no, Boy. I don't like it. Well, Twerk Kid. Contrarian Twerk <laughs> How about just the hipster? No. Or just no? the hip. Or. <laughs> <laughs> the, <laughs> the artificial hip. How about the tragic hip? I would. <laughs> and every time everyone goes up to Zach and says, oh, superhero. Thank you for saving us. What's your name? I'd tell you, but you'd never heard of me before. Yeah. It's, you know, you, you probably never heard of me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Tweaked Audio sponsoring this episode of the Major Spoilers Podcast. Thank you so much to Tweaked Audio. You can head over to their site and you can check out all the different styles, all the different colors of their fantastic headphones, earbuds, whatever you want to call them. Have we, are they earbuds or are they headphones? Headphones, uh, I, I feel like, go over. Buy. They have both. I don't think it really matters. All right. In any case, whatever you buy over at tweakedaudio.com, I, I love them because they have great um, noise reduction. Mm-hmm. I love them because they have the built-in microphone. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know you can get those in other, in other earbuds, headsets, whatever. I, I just like the ones from Tweaked Audio. If I'm going on a trip, I've got to make sure I've got my Tweaked Audio earbuds with me or else I'm going to have a freak out <laughs> because that means I have to listen to my family. While I'm in the car. Oh, no. No, wow. just kidding. Just kidding. Here's the he best part. He never listens to his family. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Here's the best part. When you use the checkout code MAJOR at tweakedaudio.com, you get 33% off your uh, purchase. That is a great deal. A great deal indeed. I'm glad Tweaked Audio is working with us. They wouldn't work with a supervillain. No. So they? No, they would never do that oh, because good. they produce such great products. TweakedAudio.com. Use the checkout you know code MAJOR. Alderon. Oh, they did. <laughs> All right. So we've talked before about um, about uh, the Jessica Jones, a.k.a. Jessica Jones series, coming to Netflix yes. sometime in 2015, is what Marvel says. Yes. If it does, great. We've got Daredevil to get through first. Yep. And we know that is it, it's Matt Smith, right? Is playing... Uh, the Purple Man? No, it's David Tennant. Oh, David Tennant. Sorry, wrong doctor. Wrong doctor. Wrong doctor, wrong doctor is playing uh, the Purple Man. He's in this? Yeah. Oh. AKA Jessica Jones. Well, now I know who his character is. Is that a spoiler for you, Zach? What? That now you know. Well, it, it was said in the press release that he was going to play the Purple Man. Yeah, I just didn't, I didn't know. I just thought it was the worst named villain ever. Well, that's what I thought, too. And then Matthew's like, uh... You guys need to read Alias uh, with uh, Jessica Jones, which is what we understand oh that the series is based on, because it has this dark. huge origin story for Jessica Jones, as yeah. well as the Purple Man and the horrible, awful things that he does. Man, Tenet's going to be awesome as Purple Man. I, You know, honestly, I think after reading this volume, he could be that way. He could pull off. Yeah. I mean, we've asked the question before, is Doctor Who a monster? David and Tennant could pull, the play a... Is no, the character's name is not Doctor <laughs> <laughs> uh, But I think David Tennant could play a horrible monster as the Purple Man. Yes, no, Rodrigo? Uh, I think he'd do great. And, and, and I would just like to say that um, 
I've always thought actually that the Purple Man is actually a great name for a supervillain. <laughs> yeah. Because why it does like it's weird. It's like a really weird name. It's like a um a code that the CIA gives to someone. You know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and also the days of the Purple Gang and the in the yeah. the Red Hood. Also, it tells you nothing. Like it right. tells you absolutely nothing about him, which is maybe what you want out of a supervillain. If you're gonna fight a guy named I don't know the Weather the Wizard, Rhino, yeah, right. It's like you, know you pretty much know what to expect. If you fight somebody called the Purple Man, then you really don't know what you're getting into. Yeah, except <laughs> that maybe he's gonna be purple, and that's not gonna <laughs> like the the color of your supervillain only matters if you're Green Lantern. Sure. <laughs> but was the Purple Man? Uh, I thought up first in this run of, or is it back oh, in the oh, old yeah. days? Purple Man comes from uh, the old school Marvel comics. He appeared in like issue four of Daredevil. Okay. Uh, he w- yeah, he was created by Stan Lee and uh, Wally Wood, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah, the Purple Man predates this by a good fifty years. So I am I'm curious because uh, the title of this volume is the Secret Origins of Jessica Jones. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's issues I want to say twenty two through twenty eight of that mm-hmm. run, the final arc yeah. that uh, Bendis put together. Uh, oh, and this was under the um, the, the Max, Max imprint, which means nudity, sexual situations, and as uh, Bendis yeah. says at the end of the book, uh, he gets to drop the F-bomb a lot. Mm-hmm. The very first word in the very first issue of Alias is an F-bomb. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, I mean, it's different. Did Bendis uh, write the whole run? Well, yeah, Bendis yeah. wrote the whole run, and... Um, the artists changed, but the man who did the, the most of this, uh, I think it's Michael Gatos, if I'm not mistaken, did a lot of the series. Mm. He, I don't know if he did, well, he didn't do all of it, clearly, because there's issues in this volume that he didn't do. Right. But he did most of it, and he helped to create I, I liked his art. I thought that was fine, and I thought it was interesting that in the flashbacks, they were using different artists depending on yeah. how you were looking at it. So yeah, if you were looking like at the that. bright, shiny future of, uh, of Jessica Jones's Jewel, they had... Um, Mark, uh, Mark Bagley. Bagley, yeah, from who was doing Ultimate Spider-Man with uh, uh, Bendis, mm-hmm. uh, came in and did that. And then when they did the um, flashback of the Shield stuff, there was a different uh, artist on that one, which I thought was was a nice touch too. Yeah. I also like how they made it very Stan Lee in one of those flashbacks. <laughs> they, yeah, they intentionally they when they first showed her, and that may have been the first time we saw her actually in action as Jewel. Oh, really? They, yeah, issue one of Alias came out like uh, the fall of 2001, and there were always references to Jessica's past, and there were references to her having a past as a superhero, having interactions with all these heroes. In the very first issue, she has, well, theoretically, she has a tryst with Luke Cage that probably led to the things that happened at the end of this arc Yeah, yeah, yeah. some several months later. But yeah, she was a character who was kind of implanted. Apparently, when they were conceptualizing it, they were going to make this book about Jessica Drew, the Spider Woman, right? Who at the time the book came out was depowered, uh, but thankfully, thankfully, Bendis realized that Bendis works best when Bendis writes Bendis's own characters with a Bendis voice. Yeah, and that's really weird too, because I mean, she only pops up in—I mean, this is her first appearance—is in this series. She, but right. she has this through retconning, through the way Bendis is telling the story, she's been around since Spider-Man first got his power. She was there the day that Peter Parker got bit. She was yep. there and almost got run over by the truck that gave uh, Daredevil his powers. <laughs> <laughs> yes. There's a really great moment in New Avengers where Luke and Jessica have moved into the Avengers mansion and they're, the uh, New Avengers are first doing their 
demasking. And Spider-Man is like, okay, I'm Peter Parker. And Jessica's like, oh my God, I had such a crush on you in high school. And Parker's like, wait, you were coma girl. <laughs> and, and it what, takes like two issues for her to forgive him. For that. What And what run was that? New Avengers, uh, 2005, 2006. It was right about the time of the Civil War okay. when the Avengers split. Okay. And there was Luke Cage's Avengers and Iron Man's Avengers. It's interesting, though, that then a character that was developed in 2001 mm-hmm. would get so much popularity that she would get her own Netflix series before Iron Fist or Luke Cage or Hellcat or any of that stuff. You mean you mean kind of like how Blade got his movie yeah, before yeah. Spider-Man did? Yeah, well, at least, in, at least with the Marvel comics with Blade, it was just like, we need something. How about this Blade thing? Okay, let's wow. try it. But That's, in this case, with Netflix, Daredevil's coming out before Jessica Jones does. Yeah. But Daredevil's not really high profile in the greater scheme of things. I mean, really? he is in the Marvel Universe, but yeah, Daredevil is where Iron Man was 10 years ago. But do you I think mean, Jessica Jones is that? Is more no, but but Jessica Jones is a lower risk. You yeah, can that's make true. a series that that's true. flops about Jessica Jones and no one's going to care. Well, Except if, for, you know, the hardcore fans, all eight of them. Well, if they are doing the Purple Man, then this, I mean, if, if he's a character in this series, and unless they're totally just doing their own thing and not really working off the, uh, the source material, mm-hmm. they could go in any direction. But holy cow, in this series, um, yeah. Jessica gets okay. hired to try to convince the Purple Man that, or try to get him to admit that he actually killed these people so that these people have uh, some closure in their lives. And through flashbacks and origin stories and whatnot, we found out what the Purple Man did to her, and it is horrific. It, it is horrific, and it is brutal. And I, I told you guys up front, you I, cannot understand how the Purple Man becomes super scary. When I hear the name Purple Man now, I think about yeah, was, eight mm, months of manipulation. Well, that that's did. So I was curious, so, in, in the run of the Purple Man in appearances like this, has he been this scary of a villain because I mean, I'm reading this and I, I was terrified. I was like, Oh my gosh, this is, this is the reason why I know I wouldn't be a super villain because this is just, this is just, this is beyond comprehension kind of things for me. No, he's never been this, this frightening. He's never been this skeevy. There's a lot of Hannibal Lecter in this purple man in all the right ways. But when you look, purple man has been important a time or two. And there's a couple of moments in the 80s where he has, you know, big moments. He stands up to Dr. Doom and then, of course, gets killed when that happens. But no, Purple Man is, is strictly third tier up until this arc made him something terrifying. And in basically for eight months, um, he Purple Man used his powers to essentially, well, to control Jessica and to torture her um, mentally. Again and again and again and again, which was force, yeah, force her to love him, basically. Yeah, it's, uh, that was weird, Rodrigo. What I mean, what was your take on on reading this history of of Purple Man and, and Jessica uh, uh, Jones together? It was it was really interesting because it's like there for me the most interesting thing was like the little dance that the writer and the story is doing around this whole thing right yeah it's yeah. like 
it's clear that the purple man has no compunctions about just controlling someone into having sex with them. Right. But they didn't have him do it to Jessica Jones. And they're like, well, it's because he's a bastard and he was just like torturing her psychologically. Mm -hmm. Um, But he did do it to a bunch of nameless people. And it like it, it it's interesting because they wanted to have this thing happen to this character with this evil character. But they're like, I don't know. It really seems to me like they were like, but we don't want yet another Marvel heroine to have been raped. True. Right. You know, and like that's it's interesting. It's interesting. And it's probably a good impulse uh, to have to say like, well, you know, she got pretty close, but he never actually did that. Still, though, um, it's it's pretty messed up. And the way that it plays out, it's actually really messed up. Do you think it was resolved? I mean, do you think that the series, the um, this arc resolved itself well? I, I it felt a little fast for me, mm. like um, especially if you consider that alias uh, or that this arc fits into a much larger uh, run. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it is just kind of like, oh, here's this thing that's been bothering me. And then in the course of what are we? What was it? Five issues. Um mm. Five, yeah. Six, something, yeah. Uh, five or six issues. Um, the problem is introduced and resolved. And yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a while. Five issues, but especially the way that it happens. It's like, oh, by the way, um, that thing that you've been super afraid of this whole time, Jean Grey put a button in your brain that means that you can turn it off. Yeah. You think she would have mentioned that. You think Jean Grey would have been like, by the way. If you ever meet the purple man again, I put this safeguard so you don't have to live the rest of your life in fear. True. Yeah, because that's really yeah. what she is. I mean, she the moment that he escapes, the minute she has to confront him, the moment that he escapes, she is just terrified. She is just yeah, rightfully it, so. Yeah. 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 Because she's afraid that it's all going to happen again. Mm-hmm. Zach, what did you and think I, of this story? I thought it was incredibly disturbing. Yeah, and uh, it ventured into a land I did not think we would be traveling down, especially uh, <laughs> we had nice uh, uh, quote unquote like cutesy art to start this up with a yeah, with yeah. her as with Jessica as a child. Yeah, uh, and we get this nice origin of I mean it's not really nice. Her whole family dies, like right, superheroes yeah. families want to. Uh, and then we get nice two issues, really good two issues of a like a like a really really early origin story for Jessica Jones, mm-hmm. and then you jump the next issue into some uh, gritty office with Daredevil and this guy from uh, the Antarctic Jungle yeah, place, and Jessica Jones, and you get in this so. whole uh, arc of the Purple Man, and you go, wait, what happened to the the her, the girl just in a coma and she can fly, and oh, we went into a dark land. Yeah, yeah, I went into some uh, some dark places. I mean, uh, I I think that if I were to point out a problem from the from the writing standpoint, there were times that it felt, you know, Bendis gets tagged a lot for drawing out, you know, a five second conversation into thirty three issues, and mm-hmm. there were times where it felt like he was stretching just to stretch in this, mm-hmm. um, but other times it just felt. Maybe as Rodrigo said that it did kind of resolve very quickly, especially at the end where Indeed, yeah. um, Jessica and Luke were sitting together at the uh, on the stoop, and he's like, "Well, you know, I kind of like like you," and she's like, "Oh, you like like me? Good, because I'm pregnant <laughs> with your squirrel baby." Oh, sorry, spoiler. No, no. isn't the baby? Is, is she not, not a squirrel? A squirrel. What is no. she then? 
the I baby's don't know. not Spider a scroll. Woman. Spider Woman was a scroll. Jessica Jones wasn't. Right? I know, no, but the uh but there was that one scene in Secret War. Not Secret War, um Secret Invasion. Invasion. Secret Invasion, where they did that close up shot of their baby. The- the and baby the baby's got like baby. a freaking weird eye going on. I think at one point they did have a scroll baby put in there. But keep in mind, both of the parents are super strong and basically invulnerable. And so people got their heads caved in. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I told you, I warned you guys. I said they they can't do this on television. And part I don't know. It's you Netflix, know what? It's Netflix. It's Netflix. They could. If, if you've seen what they did in House of Cards. True. They could do Purple Man and they could take this story almost exactly mm-hmm. and do I, Purple Man in in a.k.a. Jessica Jones. But you you kind of understand, you know, having read the series from the from the beginning, I didn't really have a concept for why would she quit? I mean, it's the Marvel Universe. There are a lot of guys who quit. You know, it, the fact that this was conceptualized as Jessica Drew yeah. At a time when Jessica was off the table, Ms. Marvel had been off the table. I do like the fact that Ms. Marvel references the fact that she had a somewhat similar storyline happen to her in Avengers 200. But when you have this thing, you know, you build up for basically two years of alias, this terrible thing happened and Jessica quit being a superhero. And then Bendis hits me with this taking place in the same universe as Captain America somebody's able to just walk in, take a superhero and control her mind for eight months and basically torture her as much as he can because he's a putz and he has the ability to do it. Yeah. That's, that's disturbing. That that's not just like superhero disturbing. That's, that's serial killer, scary, disturbing. That's, I don't want to go out of the house. I know, well, I know that's why, that's why I'm kind of glad that, that we read it in, in front of uh, this series, because if they don't do that, uh, I'll be somewhat relieved if they don't do this the story in the Netflix series because I think it might. I guess we have to look at it from a Disney Marvel standpoint. Is that right. what they want to portray? But then again, we haven't seen what Daredevil is going to offer, and if it's going to be harder and rougher and edgier than what they've put up in the movies, Daredevil, you know, has people getting murdered. Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, to look at it from a business standpoint, you just. Don't put the Disney logo in front of your show. People aren't intrinsically aware that Disney owns Marvel. That's not, uh, but in the social consciousness, I don't. I don't think know. That much. Mason came home the other day and was telling me about uh, that uh, Disney had bought up Marvel and owned Marvel. He knew about yeah, that. Yeah, that's but your Mason's kid. your child. <laughs> well, yeah. no, this was like he came out of it like this was brand new information <laughs> that he that no one had ever heard of before. And I was like, yeah, buddy, I I knew that they bought it for four billion dollars, and then he had a freak out because he couldn't believe mm-hmm. billions of dollars. Um, and then we talked about how the fact that Disney has made more than four billion dollars in their sure in their deal, so sure, it sure, actually sure. worked out well for him. So he but was pretty think, happy about that. I mean, I think. And uh, then he then he told me that I need to create a, a something that Disney wants to buy. Oh, good idea. Yeah, uh, I mean, that's good advice, son. Thank <laughs> yeah, you. Thanks, thanks, <laughs> thanks for that. Uh, you know, I think there is kind of that back of your mind worried that you can't go super edgy with the Marvel stuff because Disney owns them. Well, and but I think if you just don't put the Disney thing on there, Matthew, you'll be okay. Give us a quick rundown of Marvel Max. Marvel Max was an imprint of Marvel Comics that came out around the turn of the century. This would have been the beginning of the uh, the uh, so Joe right around, editorial regime. Yeah, it was also right around the same time as the Ultimate Universe kicked off. Yeah, I want to say Marvel Max may have come first. Um, 
But Marvel Max was designed specifically to handle, uh, first of all, Alias, uh, a book with a more realistic bent. And I really do like the fact in this issue where young Peter Parker shows up and Jessica throws an F-bomb and he's like, oh, right. I'm not really comfortable yeah, with yeah, that yeah. language. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, and then they had, I know they had uh, a Punisher, Punisher series. And Moon Knight, I think, was also in that. Right. Too. They did They did a really good series, Blaze of Glory, with all the Western heroes. But it's, I say, more realistic. What they consider now to be a more realistic take on Western superheroes. They had a pretty good run where you could get a more... And again, adult-oriented doesn't necessarily mean anything, kind of you know, well, sex and violence kind of thing. Yeah, so essentially, these were R-rated comics, mm-hmm. and they were. it was the first line that Marvel launched when they broke with the Comic Code Authority, when they right. basically said, we are done with you forever, we're going to install our own rating system, and we're going to do it and launch with Max Comics. Straczynski did uh, The Violent Supreme Power. There was a Howard they, the Duck series. The Howard the Duck six-issue mini where he fought uh, God and Jesus showed up. Uh, the Rawhide Kid, notably the Rawhide Kid limited series, where they rewrote the kid as a very flamboyant homosexual cowboy, hmm. was a Max series. But it looked like everything kicked off with, let's see, it looks like Alias, Fury, um, let's see. Fury what else was came awful. Out? US, uh, there was U.S. War Machine. Well, I was also. trying to see what else came out in 2001. Those are the only two that I see as 2001. Trying to see when Moon Knight, because uh, I know that was in the line, but I don't see it listed here. The Hood came out right after that. And, of course, we know The Hood from his later roles. Yep. I don't remember Moon Knight being a Max. I could have swore that Moon Knight was in there. Shang-Chi, Master Kung I, Fu was in there. It might have been there. a knight. Might have oh, been maybe that was Marvel what it was. Knights. Marvel Knights. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, but they that's, also, yeah right. that's what it was. Marvel Knights imprint. Marvel yeah. Knights, Marvel Max, Marvel Ultimate. Yeah, I just there remember reading the... Uh, picking up an issue of Punisher Max and opening inside. And it's like, oh, my gosh, this is a Marvel book with nudity in it. Yeah. Frank Castle shot people and said F. Yeah. <laughs> Not what necessarily did, in that order. What didn't you like about Alias? For me? Yeah. I think my biggest problem with Alias is, I've said before, Bendis writes best when Bendis is working with his own characters and his own rules. And it kind of felt like Jessica Jones was a really well-rounded, very interesting, very damaged character. And her interactions with, you know, a daredevil or a power man worked Mm -hmm. because of Marvel's little pastiche there. They're quote-unquote street-level heroes, even though, you know, Spider-Man died and came back and Power Man fought Thanos. These characters we expect to be more down-to-earth. When you take Jessica Jones and her cursing, and people getting killed, and the terrible things that happened in her world, and juxtapose that with Avengers Mansion and Captain America, it doesn't feel right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That that R-rated Max title makes Captain America feel out of place. And in some ways, it felt like you know Thor, when he did his appearances, or the moment where we see Jessica basically growing up through all of the major events of the Marvel Universe. The Jean Grey moment was another moment that kind of felt like it felt hollow partly because of the interaction and partly because when brian bendis loves a character brian bendis loves a character yeah and jessica jones at this point was basically brian bendis's center of the universe there's actually a what if story that he wrote where uh what if jessica jones had joined the avengers in this arc when they offer her the job mm-hmm. 
nothing bad ever happened again. It literally it stopped Avengers disassembled. <laughs> it stopped Secret Invasion. It stopped the superhero civil war. Jessica Jones, by dint of being her wonderful, beautiful self as an Avenger, saved the world a thousand times over. And that, I mean, that is the part where, as much as I love this book and I love the character, there's a moment where you just you hear the kissy noises that <laughs> Brian Bendis is making towards her at yeah. the as the book rolls up especially when you know she ends up getting married to his favorite character of all in the marvel universe uh luke cage whom he also makes kissy face noises <laughs> yeah yeah rodrigo what was uh troublesome for you or problematic for you in this in this uh, book um i i like the art changes but i wasn't crazy about the main art um michael gatos yeah like i just now there's something about it it uh I hate to say it, but to me, um, I don't know. It it really felt kind of like um, a like dirtier, not not necessarily that's a bad thing, but like kind of like a a squigglier, like um, Tony Harris kind of deal a yeah, lot of the time. Yeah. Um, I think one of the things that that I've pointed out, especially with that, uh, whenever I review books from Dynamite, is they kind of have that high c- contrasty style, and yeah. that, that pops up a lot here, which is is can be troublesome. Yeah, I mean, I like, I think it's the style is good because it lets you see grit, but the style I'm not crazy about because I think it like the lines eat up some of the emotion and the characters like faces. I don't know. Yeah. I, no. I, like You know, by the same token, it's like you don't want this comic for people to go like, but what? And have their eyes like bulge out super huge when something happens. But at the same time, I thought some of the stuff going on in this book was like too subtle. Like it's like, is this character actually emoting right now? And, <laughs> I, and I thought a lot of that comes from kind of this need to keep the characters photorealistic so as not to lose the grit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Zach, what about you? Uh, I think I would echo some of uh, Rodrigo's uh, comments at the beginning where it felt like it got wrapped up really quick, especially the Jean Grey, you have a button in your mind you can push. Uh, I was really happy that she got to beat the crap out of the Purple Man. I thought that was pretty awesome that she was able to get that done. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and a weird thing for me, when the Purple Man started speaking more, when Jessica goes to uh, the, uh, raft. The, uh, the raft or, or when he's in, in their apartment, uh, it was like so meta about them talking about comic books that it like yes like what am I am I re- is this like a weird copy of this book that some fan got in there and made the purple man like super <laughs> super meta because this is just throwing me for a loop yeah so what do you guys think about that because that was this really I mean it it shows a chaotic state um you know there I don't know if it's if it's um a well subscribed to theory. But, I mean, we've seen this with uh, – what's his name from Infinite Crisis, uh, Matthew, uh, with the mask? Um, the Psycho Pirate. The Psycho Pirate. Where the Psycho Pirate, yeah. Where um, they've gone so bugs. loony – and Ambush Bug is another one – where they've gone so loony and are so far on the psychotic realm that they've actually broken with their reality and have kind of, for lack of a better word, transcended to mm-hmm. a higher place of knowing. And so maybe the Purple Man has done that, and so he knows that. He's it, in this comic book world. Uh, that was the mm-hmm. weirdest. When that happened, I was like, well, what? I was kind of mm-hmm. that same way, but then it really brought a different level to the character. Mm-hmm. It does, but for me, there's a point of 
okay. This weekend, I watched the 40th anniversary Saturday Night Live special, and they made a big joke about the fact that Jimmy Fallon and Horatio Sands laugh in every skit. Mm -hmm. My problem (laughs) with that is that they made a big joke about it. It was something that really bugged me about the show. It took me out of whatever reality they were trying to create for their joke. And that's what the Purple Man does here. And that's what a lot of times happens when you have someone who, on the surface, we are supposed to read this, I think, as Purple Man is so crazy that he thinks he exists in a fiction. But Purple Man does, in fact, exist in a world of fiction, a world of comedy. That's what I'm saying. Maybe he's transcended to that higher higher dimension. But you know, like uh, it, you, you see the, the very common uh, scene with people that are whacked out on drugs. Oh, it, maybe that dog is dreaming of us. And if he wakes up, we're all going to disappear. How do we know the color blue that you see? But yeah, the thing about it is it's so arch and so almost pretentious to me to have a character have that that level of awareness within the story that it kind of takes me out of it. Uh, there are times when it works, like Cyborg singing the Teen Titans theme song within the right. Teen Titans cartoon. Right, 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 right. I love that. That's wonderful because that's Cyborg, you know, being aware of something that's happening. But it's not possibly a plot-breaking moment. And a lot of the dialogue that Purple Man yells at her, don't break the continuity, Jessica, isn't necessarily working for either making him more evil or making him more crazy, it feels like Bendis doing tongue-in-cheek shots at at what the time would be a very young internet, mm-hmm. you know, taking shots at us, the reader, and making fun of the very people that he's writing this story for. Mm. I, I really, I really didn't like that. Like the first time that I saw that, like when when he starts talking to her about it. First off, we don't see him say it in the flashbacks, right? He's not right, like, right, right, obsessed right. with comics in the flashbacks. So when he starts doing it, I was like, oh, no, this is going to take a weird turn is going to stop being some like personal drama for this uh, for Jessica Jones. And it's going to turn into that terrible what if issue in which like Gambit discovers the secret of the Marvel Universe (laughs) and he opens this treasure trove and it's full of comics, including the very comic that I'm reading right now. Yeah, I was like, so. I was like super annoyed at that moment because I assumed that that was going to happen. And honestly, if I hadn't been reading uh, this for the show, mm-hmm. if I had just been picking up these oh, issues, the single issues, yeah, yeah, I might have just dropped it there because I was like, nope, this is pretty good and pretty hardcore up until now. I'm not prepared for her for like Jessica Jones meeting Bendis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I think I probably would have stopped reading this. Um, yeah probably about the third issue into this when you're finding out, you know, what he did, I'd be like, okay, I'm out too much for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was, but I mean, it was a good story. I mean, I'm not disappointed. I, I think the moment for me that was really, really disturbing is the point where she shows up in the middle of the Avengers defenders war, first of all, which I thought, Oh, cool. Avengers defenders war. Ha ha. I've read that story. And then the vision smashes her face in. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The vision smashes her face in. I'm like, that that doesn't, but wait, huh? Again, it, it got to a point where when you take that Max world and you take the mainstream Marvel universe and you smish them together, the chocolate's all over my peanut butter and also there's some salsa in there. And it's interesting, but I don't necessarily want the salsa in my chocolate and peanut butter. And while it's not necessarily 
unpleasant enough to stop eating the chocolate, it's definitely not an experience that you come out of it going, man, I sure do wish I had more salsa on my chocolate. So bottom line, Rodrigo, uh, pick up this book if you can get your hands on it or, or leave it aside. Uh, definitely if you are um, over 18 and you're really curious about what is going to be coming down the uh, with this Netflix series, I'd say definitely pick it up. Um, otherwise, you might actually want to pick it up at the beginning of the run and see if the buildup is enough for you to then learn this very disturbing thing about this character. Mm-hmm. Mm. Matthew? Uh, I would say, since we are on the internet, go in with a trigger warning. Uh, there are definite issues in this book, especially if you're, you know, bothered by abusive relationships, psychological abuse, the implications of sexual abuse are there. There's a lot of unpleasant stuff. I feel like, overall, this arc is one of the, s- maybe either the strongest or second strongest collected arc of Alias. It's a good book. It's a good book with flaws, but it's a good book. And I would recommend it to those who, you know, aren't sensitive, who are over 18 and who maybe want to know more about Jessica and see whether they can, in fact, do that on television. I thought it was just a weird, scary psychological trip. I'm not sure that the trigger was the best. Uh, I think it was more Deus Ex Machina as opposed to let her come to her own conclusion that she doesn't want to be controlled Mm -hmm. kind of thing. Um, but overall I thought it was, I thought it was interesting. I uh, I think sometimes it's good to read things that, that make you uncomfortable so you can figure out why it makes you uncomfortable to either reaffirm your belief system or make you want to change your belief system. Uh, so I thought it was, I thought it was a, I thought it was a good book. I mm-hmm. kind of agree with Rodrigo, the artist spotty at times, but otherwise check it out. Yeah. I really enjoyed it also. Uh, I mean, I was creeped out by it, but there were certain passages in this run where I <laughs> was like super nervous yeah, for yeah. her on the panel. I was like, don't talk to anyone because I think they're all going to try to kill you because they're all controlled by the purple man. Yeah. You just need to stop it. You just need to hide in an alley. And I've not felt that way in uh, stuff we've read recently. Um, yeah. I mean, we didn't even really touch on, like I said, the her really young story I thought was really good. It's only a two issue thing, but I thought it was really solid. Uh, Embarrassing. Yeah, and then you get into the um, uh, the Purple Man stuff, and it's solid. I think, uh, yeah, I think this is totally worth your time to read really quick. All right, everybody, that wraps it up for this installment of the Major Spoilers Podcast. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing this show with a friend. And uh, if you have any comments, questions, suggestions, whatever, we love reading them. Send them, uh, well, you can send them to podcast at Majorspoilers.com, or you can use the podcast posting page over at Major Spoilers. We do ask <laughs> that you keep it civile uh, when, you're, uh, when you're talking to other people and about other people. Uh, but other than that, that wraps it up for this issue. And uh, thanks for being part of the Major Spoilers experience. Thank you to our Major Spoilers VIPs. And until next time... We know that you love comics, we do too, and we will talk with you soon. Bad the X-ray vision of a Superman, I could save a few bucks and stand around and read through the covers of the comics on the stand. But although every other page would be backwards, I suppose, I could still read the evens and the odds, well, I don't know. Guess I haven't thought this all the way through. Plus, as soon as the comic book store guy knew, he kicked my butt out on the corner. What a major spoiler, what a major spoiler. With a thick fat 
that away. If I was hulking green or gray, I could just bust through that brick wall, take their comic books away. But then the little meat would deal with all the tanks and bombs and guns. Have you ever tried to read a series with all that going on? Yes, I mean terrific this plan. How would I back and board my comics with such huge hands? Guess I already told ya. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. If I'm Stark Raven, it's like a man of iron. I might not be surprised to find that I might actually have the heart cold to follow an entire storyline. But would I really even need to read upon all those escapades? I mean, who needs such distractions when your sister's such a babe? But the downside is such a beast. Being shot up in a fun be in the Middle East. With a King Santo and soldier. What a major spoiler What a major spoiler Yeah, yeah, yeah What a major spoiler Wow, 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 wow What a major spoiler This podcast is copyright 2015 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC.